everyone and welcome to this week's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. This week I've got a fair bit of news on. We've got all the figures out from, uh, from last month so there's a bit to go through. So let me just get into the slide presentation for you and we will go through all of the data because the reason I do this is so that you guys can all make better decisions because the better decisions you make, the, uh, the more money you're going to make. So what's been happening during the week? Well, let's go through what I'm going to cover first up. I want to talk about the impact of lockdowns and economically what that means. Now, we've got a lot of data now uh, from what happened with, um, with Victoria last time and what's likely to happen this time in New South Wales and potentially Queensland as well. Why the economy is holding um, above trend, uh, for now at least, and why builders are going bust in the middle of a boom. Now, this is something I really want you to take note of because I don't want any of you getting caught um, partway through a build and the builder goes broke. It's not a pretty sight, I can tell you. Where, is, uh, where in the country it's cheapest to buy than rent? So there's a fair bit to cover. Um, and I've actually got a bit of a truth bomb I want to share with you as well. And that is that uh, why 60% of Henry's are broke. <laughs> now look, I'm not talking about people named Henry, but you're gonna to have to stay to the end to work out what the heck I'm talking about there. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the lockdown impact um, that we're having. Now we haven't, haven't in our history, and any, anybody that's alive today, I don't think, could recall a period of time like this with the lockdowns and the lockups and everything else that's going on and what it means economically. So we, you know, we can go back a hundred years to the, um, you know, to the Spanish flu, but the severity of what happened back then um, economically is not quite the same. Um, you know, we're a far more advanced economic country now than we were back then. I mean, from a medical perspective, it was disastrous. Um, and uh, we're much better off than we were back then. But we've got enough data now to be able to see not only from Australia, but what's happened overseas with lockdowns and what it means economically. And I think that's important to, to understand from a, from a property perspective. So this chart here shows how, um, the, uh, how much of an impact it's had on uh, on the you know the hotels and, and things like that. I mean, have a look at have a look at that red line. Now that is Victoria Wave Two. So Victoria Wave Two, you can see a massive massive surge. Um, Sydney has only just started that, but the reality is that it will go north and it'll look very very similar in my opinion to uh, to what's happened there in Victoria and the longer the lockdowns go on as they did last time in Victoria the more of a negative impact that's going to have. Queensland's not on there yet um, we've only had seven days or something at the moment uh, in part of the state but uh, it is likely to continue in my opinion. So. How does this, this put us? Well, look, the expectation, and this has actually come out um, as, a, as an expectation from the Commonwealth Bank. So this is the, the Commonwealth Bank economists are saying that they expect the third quarter of this year to be a negative GDP. Now, what that means is um, we have negative growth in the economy. That's pretty startling 
um, considering where we were heading prior to this lockdown. They have obviously taken on a very negative view of what's been happening and what's going to happen, uh, particularly for New South Wales. And obviously New South Wales is our biggest um, e economy, um, seconded by Victoria. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's going to have a pretty big impact. Now, the reason they're citing, as this chart shows, is that last time when we had the, the massive um, turn, downturn in 2020, we had very, very big government support. This time, it looks like we're not going to get any support federally. We might get a little bit on a state basis. So that's why the Commonwealth Bank have come out and said, we're going to expect a negative quarter for, uh, for, for this uh, calendar year, so the third quarter of 2021 to be negative. Now, just a reminder, and you've heard me say this before, when we have a recession, what, re what is a technical recession is when we have two negative quarters in succession. That is not the case here. They expect the last quarter of this year to be quite buoyant. Um, uh, and the reason for that is that a lot of the entry points, the recovery points that we've already gained, like employment and other things, and I'll show you some charts in a minute, um, have put us in such good stead that they don't see it being a, uh, a long-term recession for two quarters, but they do expect it to be one quarter. So that's something to certainly watch. The other thing that uh, they've come out with, and this was looking particularly at the services sector and how manufacturing's been up, and that's what I've been telling you. It's great to see Australian manufacturing. I mean, I've been out on the water for the last two months um, in our boat, and uh, you know, you see the big tankers going backwards and forwards and whatever, and, and you know, it's good to see the tankers leaving full. Now, you can tell they're full because of how much they're in the water and what their drawer is in the water. Um, so we're actually shipping out quite a lot as well. And that's all a good thing. And we're not just talking about coal and, and uh, phosphate and those sorts of stuff. We're talking about real goods. So that is fantastic. But the sector that is, um, that is really suffering right now is the services sector. So you can see that downturn that's happened. Um, and uh, that is a direct result of what's happened with the, uh, with the lockdowns. This is the good news story. Unemployment is still very, very low. So we're down into the low fives. We're not below the fives yet, but we're down into the low fives. Um, and uh, that, that's holding us in good stead. And these lockdowns so far, fingers crossed, haven't affected any of our unemployment figures. I think, you know, when, when COVID first came out in 2020, everyone took a big shock and was like, oh, I've got to put up all my staff, we're all going to go broke, etc. Well, obviously, we've lived through 2020, that didn't happen. 2021 is, um, is shaping up to be a volatile year, but our unemployment figures are good. So what are these lockdowns actually doing for, uh, you know, for, for people um, in their jobs and things like that. And you can see um, the big drop off there for 2020. And as I say, we've rebounded. We've rebounded back up to trend. So if you continue that line that you can see there, if it went up and continued to, to grow, we're still a little bit under where we would have been had we not had COVID. But this is the real story. Now, the Victorian experience, I think, uh, through lockdown is, is one to look at here. And this shows what happened uh, with jobs in Victoria through lockdown. And basically what it shows is that while most people kept their jobs, uh, particularly for the second wave, and this is what we're talking about here, their hours were cut. 
So that's what that massive downturn shows there with the orange line. They've kept their jobs, but their hours have been cut. And that's really what's going to be expected this time round as well for both uh, New South Wales and Victoria and possibly Queensland as well. Because this is bucking the trend. What we're seeing here, you can see Victoria um, and the rest of Australia are still posting lots of full, you know, um, jobs, jobs uh, vacancies. So, you know, there's still lots of jobs out there. Um, there's still lots of, lots of um, you know, careers to be had and all of that kind of stuff. So that trend is continuing. And, uh, you know, the vacancy rates, we've got very low vacancy rates, you know, the, the jobs, we, we've got a lot more uh, job ads than we're, than we're actually getting a lot uh, as far as um, applicants for those jobs. And this has been the lowest that we have seen uh, since um, 1996. So that's pretty massive. You know, that's a long time where uh, we haven't had as good uh, employment figures as, we, as we're experiencing now. So let's talk about a little bit more about the economy as a whole now. Westpac has come out and shown the latest figures from, from um, uh, business confidence. And you can see it's dropped off. It, it's not at the big highs that we had earlier. Um, lockdown is certainly having an effect. I beg your pardon, this is on lending. I've, I've got the next ones on business confidence. This is a, a chart on lending. And you can, <coughs> excuse me, you can see there that, uh, you know, lending has come off a little bit. Now, Partly, partly lockdowns is having an effect on lending because if you're not running around looking at properties, you're not going for loans and things like that. <coughs> but business confidence is down. So this business confidence is uh, probably a little bit more of a concern um, that it's, it's trending down. <coughs> However, I feel that once we get the um, you know, the, the lockdown stuff sorted, that's going to start soaring again because we really have had a, a pretty buoyant year. This is the good news story uh, and it continues to be the good news story. The monthly sales figures have come out and you can see retail sales, although they dropped a little bit for the month, they are still a long way ahead of trend. And you can see the, the massive drop off that we had there with, with COVID. Um, and uh, you know how we rebounded and rebounded so strongly. And you, you put it in a chart like that and you go, wow, look at that long-term trend. We're looking at retail sales growth since 2005 through to uh, 2021. And you can see it's been pretty even all the way along, tick along, tick along. COVID happened. Um, everybody spent, everybody saved, everybody spent. It was, you know, it's really bucked the trend. But if you look at that blue line that we've drawn in there to show you how that's, how the progression would normally have been without any interruption, we are way ahead of that. So that's a good thing. It's a good thing for retailers right across the board. Um, residential building approvals have come off a bit, that's expected. It's really not a COVID thing, it's more the changes to the government boost programs. So they've stopped um, dishing out a whole lot of money for new homes across the board and that's being reflected here. So that's to be expected. We've got, you know, you see how much they bumped up um, since the, uh, the, the announcements of all of the incentives, etc. We're back up to slightly above where we would have been um, you know, back in back in 2017 before APRA got themselves involved. Now, private new home sales. You can see there that um, there's been a little bit of a, a drop off there. 
Um, but again, it's nothing to be concerned about. We're still a lot over where, uh, you know, where we've been historically. Look back to the 2018s, we're about, we're above where we were then. So um, even though this looks like it's, oh my goodness, what's happening? It's actually not. Uh, it's just coming back from the massive, massive highs, which were the key months when um, grants were stopped. You can see there at the end of December, massive turnaround there, but that was the cutoff for a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the, the grants that were being handed out by the government. And then the cutback again at the end of February, February, March, March was the cutoff again. So that's why we see those two big peaks there. Um, so it, it looks pretty good. It looks, uh, it looks like things are, are chugging along pretty well and we're certainly above um, previous years at this time of year. Now, this is something that I really want you guys to take note of. Building materials have gone up massively. Let me tell you a little story. I had, uh, I had a, a preliminary contract, or my son did, on um, a little duplex. And uh, it was coming in at around about 420. Um, but because of delays in subdivisions with councils and everything else, uh, the building contract had to be redone. So we've just done the building contract, or he's just done the building contract, and it's come at it 470. So you can see there that's a massive turnaround uh, from, from what it was, and uh, that's going to be the trend. Now the reason for that is building materials are in such short supply. There's a number of reasons for that. Obviously the big builders boost and everything else, but it's worse than that. Um, if you looked at the American charts, and I've shown you those in previous weeks, if you want to go back and listen to the previous podcasts and, and, um, and masterclasses, uh, you'll see there that the building materials uh, are in huge demand in the US as well. And what's happened is a lot of our building materials, our timber particularly, is being shipped off, shipped off to the United States. So the lag time to get anything to site has blown out from a month or two to six months and in some time, depending on what it is, can have blown out to a year. Now that's just crazy. The costs have gone up. What does this mean though? What it means is that uh, a lot of builders are being caught short. So if they're still locked into contracts pre-building material increases and they have to do those um, those bills at the quoted pricing, but they're paying a lot more for the materials than what they quoted, they're gonna get into strife. And uh, that's actually what will play out in the next six, 12 months. I'm, I'm predicting that we're going to see quite a few smaller builders get themselves into a lot of trouble because they're going to have these contracts that they're locked into, um, but they're simply losing money on by building the property. So please watch out for that. That's going to be a, a big headache for a lot of people. And there's a lot of announcements coming out about that. Um, you know, previously it took four months uh, to, to get in and, and start to get your materials and whatever else. It, it's got blown out to 12 months because of material, material shortages. Um, and, uh, and I've seen it before. A lot of the builders are gonna go bankrupt. We, you know, I've, I've been in positions like this before. And, um, and when you have that kind of huge growth and then growth in, in costs and other things, builders get caught. And uh, you know, it's, it's not a good time to be a, a small builder that doesn't have those buffers uh, to be able to ride out the storm. So, 
something to watch. Uh, make sure with you when you're doing your builds, make sure that you uh, get uh, you know current references and insurances and and talk to. I, I really find it helpful to talk to the tradies to see if there's anything where they are being delayed in their payments because if there's a delay in payments to their tradies, it gen and their contractors, it generally means that they're um, getting a little bit into trouble. So just please, please watch that one there. You know, we're all in the market at the moment um, and uh, it is something to be watched. It's something I'm, I'm very conscious of. Let's talk about commodities. Now, commodities certainly is a good news story. Uh, and you can see here in previous times where we've had an economic upheaval, just how quickly uh, things have uh, have uh, really um, really responded, and the and the commodities prices have responded. So this is where uh, we're trending at the moment. That blue line is where we're trending this time round, um, and you can see we're well and truly bucking the trend. So we are well and and, and truly above. Um, the rebound in commodities is above where it has been in previous downturns. Um, it's where the safety net is. We turn to the resources, we turn to gold, we turn to iron ore, we turn to steel, we turn to all these things that are hardcore products um, rather than to, um, you know, dot coms and those sorts of things which uh, don't have a, well, they have a product, but it's different. And one of the things that's a good news story for Australia is that steel production is up. And it's not just China. In fact, China's production has probably gone down. But you can see there the EU's gone up, the US has gone up. Um, you know, the, across the world it's gone up. And that's great news for our iron ore exports. And obviously that's our biggest industry, um, biggest export, sorry, not industry, but biggest export. Um, and that's, that's a, a really good news for us because it, it opens up all of those markets, particularly the US and places like that where we've got such a good relationship. Something that is hurting right around the world is the cost of container ships. So um, shipping and freighting, you can see how much it's jumped just this year even. Towards the end of last year when things started to recover, just look at the levels there. We're, we're talking three, four, five times what they were back then. Ten times what they were back then in some cases. So have a, make, you know, that, that's a consideration. Now, is that orchestrated? I don't know. Because, you know, when freight goes up this much, what it means is big um, manufacturers that export a lot of stuff, aka China, who seems to be copying the brunt of all of this, the COVID, and rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but they are, uh, what that means is their cost of uh, their products has gone up right around the world because freight's gone up. So they're hurting. Um, now you know they kind of cut their cut their nose off to spite their face in a lot of instances by by tearing up some of the contracts that they had with us because now they're paying more for the same product um, because they're uh, you know because they've they, they don't want to buy from Australia so closest one of the the, the, the um, countries that is the closest for them to be able to get freight from a, and in the raw materials means that um, you know they've they've ruined that that supply chain and uh, this freight is really hurting China and their exports, not just to Australia, but to everywhere. You know, the United States, Europe, everywhere. And um, really that's what this is showing. And you can see a lot of those, those countries, the, the um, places we've got there is like Shanghai to New York, for instance. Um, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot of uh, American, um, um, American ports there 
and it's showing just how much that's increased. So pretty, pretty, um, pretty big thing. Let's have a look at the Australian property market now. All right. Well, mortgages are still up. You know, there's, there's still uh, new mortgages being written, um, and uh, that's a, that's a good news story. So a lot of it is refis, uh, refinancing of existing properties, refinancing of investment properties as well as home loans, um, and and also new in investments and home loans that are coming out. So that's all good news. Rents are up. Now this is a story I've been telling week on, week off. 6.6% were the June figures um, as to what the percentage increase was in rents nationally. Now that's having a much broader impact. Just get a load of some of these figures. Um, have a look at Sydney. Now Sydney's only really running at 3.2% and the reason for that is because of the oversupply in units apartments. Same thing in Melbourne, it's actually down because of that massive oversupply in units. If we took out the unit figures, uh, those, those figures would be considerably higher. Brisbane's up at 7.3, Adelaide 7.2. Look at Perth, 16.7. Mind you, you do have to, to take into account that Perth's rents drop dramatically with the downturn in the um, in the, the mining industry, so too did, so too did Darwin, 21.8% increase there now. So it's a lot of that is recovery uh, as much as anything else. Hobart's running at 8.8 .8 and Canberra's running at 7.3. So, you know, they're, they're massive figures. And um, the yields on the properties have also gone up. So, you know, you're looking at 2.9 for Sydney, 3.2 for, for Melbourne, 4.3 for Brisbane, 4.4 for Adelaide, 4.3 for Perth, 4.7 for Hobart, 5.8 for Darwin and 4.6 for Canberra. So rents are increasing. Now that only translates to more pressure on house pricing because it becomes a more desirable investment. Plus, wait for it, it becomes cheaper to actually buy than rent. This is just another chart showing the same things there. But what it does is it breaks out the units from the houses. And you know, I said there, um, Sydney and, and Melbourne were oversupply. Melbourne's rents actually went up by 2.3, but the, uh, the rents on units went down by 6.4. Again, oversupply in housing. Sydney, not as bad, but still in that same bracket. 5.9% increase in housing, but 1.1 in units. So they're the major ones that are, are, are you know, a no-go uh, from a, the, the apartment building market. Um, just, uh, you know, and, and I don't like that kind of investment anyway. I've told you that many times. So um, the uh, realestate.com came out during the week. Apidata came out with uh, their... Um, their information, not realestate.com, RP Data and CoreLogic came out and said it is cheaper to rent, uh, cheaper to buy than to rent in 3,411 suburbs around Australia. So yeah, that's, that's a lot of suburbs, isn't it? One in three houses are cheaper to buy than rent. Now, that's not so much in the capital cities. It is mainly in the, um, in the regional areas, which the, the report kind of went on to talk about there. But you can see there the proportion of, um, of properties that are cheaper to buy than rent. Nationally, we're talking 36%. Um, and, uh, you know, those, uh, when we look at places like Sydney and Melbourne, much, much smaller percentage, 4.9, 7.3. Um, whereas you look at somewhere like, uh, let's pick 
uh, Brisbane or Hobart, or Perth for that matter, um, you're looking at 59% at, uh, uh, of places are cheaper to buy than rent in Perth, 55% in Brisbane, 50% in Hobart, 47% in, uh, in Adelaide. So, you know, it's expected um, the, the flow-on effect of, of the increase in materials in the house prices will make that turn around at some point. But when rents are going up as well, um, it's going to prolong this period where it's cheaper to buy than rent. So my truth bomb for the week. 60% of Henry's are broke. <laughs> oh, what's a Henry? A Henry is a high earner, not rich yet. So high earners, not yet rich. That's what a Henry is. Well, 60% of them are still broke. 60% of people on really high incomes are living beyond their means. Uh, there was a report that was done actually in the US. Now, these are in Australian figures, but it came out and said that uh, six in 10 millennials earning 134,000, which was 100,000 US, live paycheck to paycheck. That's not good, guys. You know, they, they call it to, there's a big call of, to action to actually resist the lifestyle drift. And, um, you know, I've seen many, many students that have come in during the, over the years and they're, they're in situations where they might be earning 200 grand. You know, a minor earning 200 grand and can't afford to, uh, to save for a deposit. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You've got to start looking at your expenses and your income, come back to basics. Look, we do a lot of training and support work in uh, I Love Real Estate to get people A, into their own homes, but into investment properties. And to that end, what we've done is that we've put out um, a 60 minute real estate breakthrough session with one of my advisors. So uh, you can book in for that, it is free. There is no obligation at all. Uh, all you've got to do is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash. And by doing that, you can, uh, you can book in for one of those appointments. All I ask is that if you book in for an appointment, turn up turn up because I'm you know I'm paying my advisors to be there to help you to get into the market to get into uh, you know to see what can happen from a investment perspective we are there to talk to you about your goals about what you want to do and basically how we can help you we don't sell property but we'll show you how to get into property we'll show you how to invest in property we'll show you how to to do a ppr deal that's income tax free we'll show you how to actually make money in the market regardless of what the market's doing and to avoid a lot of this negative gearing traps that a lot of these marketeers are you know propounding at the moment and even if they they say they're positive they're really not um, and uh, you know there, there's a lot of rubbish on the market let me tell you that so we will show you how to do it for yourself we are not going to sell your property we don't do that but we'll show you how to structure it how to set it up properly and your first step is to get on one of those free 60-minute real estate breakthrough sessions so that's that's your next step that's what you should be doing jump on there it's iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash so that's it for me for the uh, for the week. I hope you enjoyed that. There's lots of data there. A bit of a warning around a few things and um, get one of those appointments, guys, and I'll catch you next week with another update. Bye for now.